Welcome to the No Risk Sports Performance Podcast, where we discuss all things sports performance, from training to nutrition and recovery to individual and team victories on and off the field. I'm your host, Judah Boulay, owner of No Risk Sports Performance in Lincoln, Rhode Island. I'm ready to roll, so let's do this. All right, guys, welcome back to the No Risk Sports Performance Podcast. Uh, I'm Excited to have on today Matt Lachine from Matt Lachine Athletic Consulting. Um, he's a neighbor of ours up north in Ontario, Canada. Um, Matt works primarily with hockey players, and then he dabbles with some tennis as a, uh, tennis players as a hobby, as well as the sport as his own hobby. Um, it, very excited to talk to Matt. Um, he's got a wealth of knowledge and experience in training, and. Um, just want to um, hear what he has to say. So, uh, Matt, welcome, and thanks for uh, taking the time to uh, talk with us today. Thank you, Judah. I appreciate you having me so much. Uh, really impressed with what you do also, and, you know, your philosophies and your mindset. You're a pretty interesting guy. I think, I, you know, you have uh, a lot of knowledge, and I think there's lots to learn from you. So thanks. thank you for having me, sir. So Matt, let's uh, just let's uh, inform everybody that just we can go over what's your background and then tell us a little bit about your business. And so your background, how you got into sports performance training and then yeah. your business and stuff. So, yeah. So to make like a long story short, just athlete growing up, you know, played a lot of sports, um, hockey, soccer were probably my two favorite and my best. Uh, I really enjoyed playing basketball. Um, so between those three sports, I was always playing. And then um, later in life, uh, over the last two or three years, I've, I've really gotten into to tennis. And now tennis is like my, my favorite sport to go out and play. So um, being an athlete, kind of, as I got um, towards the end of high school like I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do kind of I went to school actually to be a police officer and that wasn't um kind of where I saw myself after I was done school it's kind of like a rush decision I made after high school mm -hmm. and uh you know after that I actually worked in a mechanic shop during high school and um you know going into my college I started out sweeping floors when I was like young and then, you know, near the end of my time, I was doing sandblasting. So I did that. And while I was a sandblaster 10 years ago, I uh, got a little, like I got a little certification, got a small personal training job. And, you know, that's kind of where it all started for me. Um, just working with a couple older clients, to be honest. And then, from there, I moved up to London, Ontario. And when I was in London, I got a job at like one of the big box gyms in Canada called Good Life. Um, and I spent a few years there kind of, you know, learning how to work with people and, you know, becoming a better trainer as time went on. And then I kind of started doing things out of my, my basement in London. So I kind of took some clients over there and throughout my time in London, like I worked with a few athletes, um, but nothing crazy. I would say I was still again, learning how to be a trainer. You know, I, I don't think you become a good trainer in 
you know, a couple sessions and reading a few books. Like, I think at the end of the day, it's about the time you put in and, you know, the, uh, the quality time that you, that you put into being better and that kind of, kind of builds you up. So, you know, I spent, spent the first five years trying to build myself up and then I got an opportunity to move back home and start working as a strength coach um, at the place I'm at now, it's called Synergy Wellness and Performance. So I'm kind of like private, private contractor and I do my, my training out of that gym. So when I moved there, we already had a pretty, um, pretty big bank of, of athletes that we were working with, particularly um, in the hockey world. Um, you know, so a lot of professionals in different leagues up to the NHL, uh, high level kind of junior hockey players. So like, you know, the 16 to, to 20 year old range, those guys, and then kind of like high level triple a kids. So your younger kids kind of in that, you know, 10 to 15 age range. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got introduced to working with some of those hockey guys. And then, you know, slowly over time, as I took younger kids, you know, I kind of started making a bit of a name for myself and then getting my own clients and not so much just kind of getting handed off, you know, some of the other people that were already there. Uh, and now I'm, I'm pretty busy with, with, with a lot of hockey players and a lot of up and coming, you know, talented young guys and, and girls. So that's been great. And then as far as like with the tennis, um, it's nice. Like the tennis club's actually right around the corner from my facility. So I went out and hit some balls one time with one of my clients. I had had a blast. And then I started taking lessons with the owner of the tennis club. He wanted to drop a couple of pounds. So he started coming in and training with me. And then, you know, just through that, I actually became like really good friends with his son. Who's another tennis pro at the club. Um, I'm standing in his wedding actually. So we became really close. Yeah. And, uh, you know, through that, they started having me come in and train their like junior program. So they'll have like 20 kids out playing tennis and like 16 kids will be on court and then I'll have a group of four in the, the fitness area. And, you know, we're working on all kinds of different things, but, um, and then that's kind of led to me being, the the head strength coach at the tennis club so and that's kind of kind of where i'm at right now nice yeah it's cool i i um so and you now you play tennis that's yeah. your, your go-to sport i used to play back in the day i was on in high school um that was i was oh, actually i was overweight in high school which is um wow far cry from where i am now but i played tennis and um but i gave it up after high school, but I still remember I had a blast playing it. And I'm like, I just, I think time commitment now is, you know, but it's like such an enjoyable game, especially in the summer. For sure. Uh, how, how did, how did you find being a little heavier and playing tennis? Like, did that make it harder for you or um, you just kind I, of get around it? That was now we're dating myself. So you asked me to remember 30 years ago, yeah. you know, to like, to, to my athletic wow. ability then. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, back then I didn't think it mattered, but like, I'm sure if yeah. I watch video of myself, which unfortunately yeah. just like 30 years ago, a video of me playing tennis doesn't exist. Yeah. Thank God. Um, <laughs> you know, I would have said fine, but if I watch myself now, I'd probably be horrified, you know, just yeah. in terms of like, um, 
but you know, I, I wish, you know, it's like a lot of these things I know now I'm like, Oh man, I wish I knew those back then. And I'm sure you feel the same way with yourself as a, you know, um, young athlete and what you know now to how you trained or the, the okay. knowledge that was passed on to you that you like blatantly ignored, or you yeah. said that I know better, or you just, that nobody knew at the time. So, um, the hockey now, um, that's a, that's a great dynamic. You, you know, you, you were, you played the sport and then you fell into this niche of like training hockey players. Um, yeah. now how, do, how do, hockey's a, a different breed of athlete, I think, um, because they're on the ice and obviously when you train them, they're not on the ice. So, um, what benefits do you see for like a dry land training session? Like how does that carry over? Like, how does teaching running mechanics to a hockey player make them a better hockey player? Great, great question. Uh, so I think the big thing is the motor, right? The motor's still going to be the same. Whether you're running or you're skating, if you're building up better sprint speed and getting better times on your sprints, in some way it's going to translate to you on the ice and having that capacity to get to those speeds obviously the physics behind and the mechanics behind a running and a skating stride are completely different. So I think, you know, really looking at how guys are moving because all the guys ankles are pretty banged up, hips are tough and shoulders are tough. So I think when I get guys in the gym, you know, what I look at is like, making sure that they're moving well so that when they do get on the ice, they're just athletic abilities are kind of soaked up and then it translates right into them, to them moving there. So, you know, whether a guy's lacking internal rotation in his hip, like I need to be able to see that I need to be able to address it and kind of give them that feeling back of what it's like to have a little bit more internal rotation. Cause I think, when you spend so much time in a boot and skating and in that like really externally rotated hip, as you go so many years of doing that, you almost kind of, well, not almost, you, your body does kind of forget what it feels like to, to be a little bit more internally rotated and a bit more of a neutral position, right? So I think if I can give those guys and girls you know, those positions that they need. And then we get them out onto the field and, and running, I think they're going to be working some muscles that get underused in the skating stride, which is going to help bring balance to them. And then again, like I said earlier, building up that motor, it's going to directly translate over to the ice, you know? Yeah. I've seen a lot of kids like, in like youth hockey and like, a lot of kids play hockey year round and that's their only sport. And that's like the only physical activity they do. And then once you take the boots off them, like yeah. they're, they're not all their athletic ability, like goes out the window. Um, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Seen that? yeah. So, um, and it's like, it's crazy. Cause like you got phenomenal hockey player, but then you take them off and it's just like, all right, well, if we can make you a better athlete on the ground, you know, when we fix positions here, then it's going to translate to, um, being a better hockey player. Um, so I don't for know. Sure. I mean, you know, for me, I've never skated. Right. So, um, okay, I've yeah, skated yeah. once I put ice skates on, I think once or twice, I took out a little kid at an ice rink by, because I didn't know how to stop. 
and I never went back on the ice again um, for safety for every, not safety for me, but safety for everybody else. So um, it's one of those things where like, you know, like I know it works, right? I know that dry land training and strength training and movement training for running and change of direction works on dry land does work and carries over to on the ice. Mm -hmm. um, you probably can better able to speak to the how and the why that is. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, no, for sure. So like, so sorry, Judah, like, what do you mean there as far as so like, like any dry land training, right? So okay. like if you and change, if you change, is it just the muscular development of using different muscles and then they incorporate it or how, how does that, the translation happen from being on the ground to being on the skates and that's not, and just like, not just in running, but like in all different types of training. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to kind of change things from the age too. So like when I see like young kids, it's all just about developing them as an athlete, right? And then as they start getting a little bit older, the strength starts to become a little bit more important right so you're getting into like checking you're having to like battle for pucks and like game puck possession and not ultimately that's how you're a good hockey player right right um, so we spend more time focusing on that as the kids start getting like a little older then you're kind of in that you know professional kind of or high level college then it's like all performance so we're working like we're getting them strong. We're working on that speed and explosiveness. And then you kind of see as they get past that stage, and then I start working with guys that are like 27, 28, 29, like getting into their thirties. And then it kind of changes from, from that to like a longevity kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it's like at every age group, and every different kind of level of player, it really changes kind of what, what the goal is for that person. Um, as far as like, so you mean kind of the similarities between like running and skating and yeah. The, so and like if somebody does, you know, and I know it ha it's effective, right? So I taught a girl how to properly do the um, like um, change of direction. Like we, I used a cone stack drill, right? Sure. So, yeah. um, which I know you're familiar with. So I yeah. fixed her ability to do the cone stack drill and her mechanics there, right? Yes. And then she went on the ice that evening and she's just like, my body position was so much better and I just dominated. And, sure. you know, so it's like by, you know, but like, I didn't, I, I, I don't touch her on skates, right? Like I work with her yeah. on the, on the grass. So there's, there's carryover. But I, yeah. you know, that this is my ignorance because I don't understand I skating. Like, no, how I does think... that, how does it carry over or how does it translate? Yeah. So I think with that cone strap or um, the cone stacking drill, what, how that really translate is a lateral stop and then reacceleration out on the ground is very similar to on the ice. You have to create the same angles with your foot, right? That that push off is always going to be the same. So I find with the lateral, the lateral movement, you can very effectively train a hockey player on the ground and get them stopping fast, reaccelerating quick out of it. And that's going to be pretty identical 
on the ground and on the ice a little it's obviously a lot different when we're just going linear straight line that's where like i keep things a lot shorter uh as far as the runs like with my hockey players like a lot of the sprints are in 10 yard 10 yard distances and then a lot of times there's a deceleration involved and then they got to re-accelerate out of it for five yards like i'm a big fan of of that okay and then i find that short linear run again it kind of translate over as far as the motor right the mechanics actually of skating just straight forward and running are obviously different but you give them that motor give them the ability to hit the stops and get out of it um and i think like your example with that girl you know you did a little cone stack cone stack drill gave her the positions that she needed to stop and get out of it and then she saw immediate success so i i would say yeah that, that would be probably how it translates for sure Cool. Now, um, and I, I'm going to focus on hockey just because we got a lot of big hockey population in Rhode Island. Um, the high school I went with, went to actually was like one of the top hockey schools in the country before. Like, mm -hmm. this is like back, you know, I went to high school before all these like, the different premier teams and all the different leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that. So um, the hockey environment was a little bit different, but now we have all these club teams and we've trained some of these club teams. So if you had to like break it down and I know you said there's different levels. So We'll go with like a 12 and under hockey player and then a eight, like a high school hockey player. Um, if you had to pick three exercises that were like, that was gonna like that, just your top three for making a 12 and under hockey player, um, just bring them to that next level. And if you have mm -hmm. like, if it's, if you got more than three, if you have five, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, but, like, yeah. um, but like for the 12 and under, you know, what are your top yeah. five go-to exercises that you know are gonna like automatically have improvements? And then for that high school athlete, like your top five or top three to yeah. five. So for the young kids, I absolutely love like a series work. So whether it's marches, skips, runs, um, those would be for sure because a, like it's going to help teach the kids coordination. It's going to teach them like proper summation. So how to move their arms appropriately with their legs it gives me a lot as an assessment tool so if you're giving me only three exercises to pick like i need to be able to assess their weaknesses based on watching them do that exercise so watching kids move in a series work i think tells a lot a lot about that athlete and maybe what they've done in the past things that they're good at and things they're not good at you know mobility issues all just from watching them go through some marches skips and runs um i think it teaches a lot of power you know how to get extended through your hip how to keep your pelvis neutral and and be stacked like over you know your pelvis um teaches angles you know so with the young guys, I, I love that. I love it for my older guys too. We use it a little, little bit more as like a CNS warm up with the older guys and don't spend as much time like looking at the fine details. But with the young kids, love that. Um, oh, 
another one. If I only have three, um, I like a sled push, you know, as far, you know, just the angles and, you know, translating force directly into the ground and moving forward. Um, and then, I mean, the 12 and under kids, uh, trap bar i'm not usually getting them in a trap bar but some kind of you know hinging you know deadlift exercise where they're having to draw a lot of power from their hips and again putting more ground or force into the ground um so you know whether it's with a young kid maybe just a kettlebell deadlift um or even just like the single leg and i don't when they're young, I usually don't have them doing weights for a single leg deadlift, but you know, I like just setting a cone out in front of them and, you know, going over their form and, and letting them reach for that cone. So, so yeah, those would probably be my three and you could probably ask me this another day and I would give you three different exercises, but like, you know, just off the top of my head, those are three that probably everyone sees would you use the three to um with the older kids but just like so the a skips and the slide pushes and then you make it a hex bar dad instead of the yeah yeah change one of the three for them um yeah i would say for the older guys we don't push as many sleds you know you only got so much time and and there's so many things that start becoming a little more important like um with the with the older guys i like the ace that like i said the a series work as like a nice central nervous system prep mm-hmm. um on days where we're being a little bit more dynamic and explosive we use like the a runs but when we're kind of having just a strength day or like a volume day then you know i won't really bust out the a runs for those guys will you know, we'll warm up a little differently, um, get into like a lot of breathing kind of warm ups, mm-hmm. uh, days where I know we're going to be getting into the trap bar. Um, when I'm pretty early in kind of a phase with some of the older guys, like they get a lot of tempo, like a lot of tempo work. So, um, you know, get them in the trap bar for two seconds up, two seconds down and it, kind of helps manage the load so they're not you know overshooting things right off the start helps um you know build up that tendon and ligament strength and we'll usually kind of pair those with some kind of like breathing like postural kind of restoration exercise whether it's you know something to you know get pelvis back into a neutral position or you know, kind of addressing like the rib cage and things like that. So yeah, they usually get kind of like paired to breathing exercise with their trap bar work. Um, and then, you know, from that first phase, we'll get out of the tempo and then, you know, we'll start getting into fives and like clusters and, and different things. And then we'll kind of work up to, to like a three, like a three rep, but usually when we get into those threes, I like going maybe like a three second eccentric on the way down and then, and then driving that weight up fast and hard. So, um, you know, with the older guys, I've gone through kind of 
trying to get guys moving the most weight that they possibly can. And I, I think over so many years of doing it, like that's great and it's amazing. And maybe for like, you know, those kids that kind of fall into that 18 to 20 year old, like if you got guys that are making the jump from junior and going and playing pro and they're competing with men, like, yeah, that's important. And like, we'll maybe chase numbers, but I try not to get guys so fixated on, you know, the numbers that they're hitting and, and trying to keep the mindset on the form and like being controlled when they're moving and, and being explosive when they're moving you know so i kind of maybe went off a little bit there but no, that's all right sorry no it's all interesting stuff i love hearing different people's training philosophies uh i'm a big proponent with like sports with athletes like the the raw numbers are you know like everyone likes likes to hear those but like moving weight fast um you know like and or powerful you know like i like i personally love the hand power clean um and if they you know if you can't get the the catch then just hang power pulls you know, yeah. hang pulls, you know, just like to, to try to get that weight and to try to get that, um, the, you know, that, that, um, the extension sure. of the hip. So you mentioned something when you're talking about the a skips with the young guys, and it's something I notice with hockey players and they, from an early age, they're trained to like, keep their, 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 um, uh, the, the stick on the ice. Right. Sure. So, so their arms are always down. And then when I get them to like, try to run, they run with their arms down or they don't incorporate arms into their movement. Um, do you see that? And like, what, what do you do to like, to, is it just like constantly cueing them or what trick do you do to get them to keep their hand or use their arms when they run or use their arms when they, they do something that's off the ice. For sure. So like when you hit that kind of stroke back with the arm on the skip, so, you, you know, you got your front arm, thumb pretty much in line with the jaw and then that back arm extends back and you want ideally that pinky up pointed up at the sky most hockey players with their shoulders and always having to handle the puck and always being forward with everything that they do they have a really tough time getting that arm back and like a nice you know um, nice extension there Um, so that's always one that I have to like clean up on everyone and I'll usually just make them get up to the top of like their well I'll have them in a march but I'll get them up to the top of their march I'll have them hold that position and I'll have them just try and breathe in that position you know try and hold your balance here and give me three big inhale three big exhales and then I'll have them switch legs and like three big inhale three big exhale and like have them do that maybe two times that kind of gets them a little bit more comfortable in that shoulder position. Um, And then, I mean, if a kid's not coordinated coordinated enough to like, you know, get his arms moving, then I'm basically just sitting there with them side by side and just kind of reminding them. And like, if it's really bad, I'll take videos and like, you know, Hey, this is what you look like, you know what I mean? (laughs) This is what you got to look like. And then I find it kind of helps piece together for them some of the things that i'm saying yeah. you know yeah no, um, it's it's uh it's 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 uh, i see it a lot you know like especially in some of the clinics i've run where like i'm like uh i know what sport you play and they're like what i'm like hockey and they're like yeah how'd you know i'm like because you don't want to use your arms and it's just i think it's just like they're told to like you know like 
keep the stick on the ice and yeah. the arms are always down. So when they skate, their arms are down and they're just not used to incorporating the arms into, into that fluid movement. And yeah. Yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I see that a little bit. I, I wouldn't say I've seen that a crazy amount. Um, it, yeah. It, it's just more kind of cleaning up the postures. It's not so much that I don't see them want to move. Cause like, obviously when they, have the puck they're going to be in that position but any other time they're usually what if they're like accelerating and trying to cover distance mm -hmm. which would be kind of what we use the a series work right. for they're always going to have one hand on the stick but it's kind of when you're you know in the the new or sorry in the, the zones and you kind of have to be ready to take a puck. That's where you kind of see a little bit more two hands on the stick. And then when you're battling for pucks, you have to have two hands on the stick or else, you know, you're never going to win a puck battle with one hand on the stick. So I get what you're saying. There's a lot of times where you do have to have two hands on the stick and you're right in front. But as far as those accelerations and, and those trying to get up to speed, then obviously the, one hand on the stick and and then you kind of see that normal arm action kind of incorporate back in so i find if if a kid's struggling with it it can usually be cleaned up pretty fast so you know yeah all right um i don't want to keep you so i'm going to go through my uh my last two questions um sure so, all right so if you i asked this for every guest i have um so what's your, what are your three keys for success for any athlete? Three keys for success. It's a great question. I would say preparation. You have to be prepared. And I think being prepared encompasses a lot of things. You know, someone that's prepared is making sure they get to bed at the right time someone that's prepared is meal prepping. So they have their nutrition, you know, in, in order. Um, and I think preparation kind of translates into everything in life. So whether it's, if you're preparing for your sport and you're putting everything into preparing for that, when a day comes that you're no longer playing sports, which even if you play professionally, there's everyone's going to have that day where they're not playing sports anymore. So that will translate into whatever area in your life that you need it. Right. Um, number two, hard work, but work smarter, not harder. Right. I mean, I love, I love kids that want to come in and just grind and go hard. And like, I was one of those kids for sure. Um, but I think if you take that mentality and then also teach the kids how to be smart about things, like that's how you can create like a really good athlete opposed to someone that can almost have that, you know, too much of a grind mentality. And then, you know, you kind of hit right. that line where you're almost doing more harm than good sometimes, you know what I mean? And Number three, key to success, I would say always just keep pushing forward. Like, you know, don't let everyone's going to have setbacks. I mean, just look at this year, for example, like 
this whole year has been a massive setback for a lot of people. And, you know, there's, you can either kind of sit and sulk about things and, and lose ground, or you can, you know, keep the right mindset and keep working hard. And even though you're at a bumpy patch, you're, you know, you're still pushing forward. And I think with that mentality, you're going to get far in life. So those would be my three. Again, I think maybe if you asked me another day, there might be different answers, but like for, for right now, I'd say those are three pretty important things. Yeah. Awesome. No, those are great. Um, all right. So if you had to recommend one book, now it could be a book on anything, um, sure. one book. So if you had, a, you could only recommend one book of the millions of books out there. Um, what's that one book that you'd recommend? Oh, I love a good Harry Potter book. No, <laughs> but uh, no, I love um, Conscious Coaching by Brett Bartholomew. I just think that's such an important skill. And like, obviously, every trainer and coach needs to know the X's and O's and needs to have a grasp on anatomy and biomechanics and physics. And there's a lot of things that go into it. But at the end of the day, if you don't know how to coach someone, you're useless, you know, not useless, but like, mm-hmm. you know, you're definitely losing out on value and, um, you know, you're not going to be able to connect with people and make long-term relationships and, and create, you know, an easy referral system for yourself, you know, so. Cool. All right. Uh, last one. Well, two more uh, favorite quote. Do you have a favorite quote? Uh, that like that you always go to or is that uh you know what I don't really have like a favorite inspirational quote for me it's more like movie quotes and cracking jokes and stuff all right it's all good (laughs) but um uh could be one of those too so I I would say probably the Gretzky one like you miss 100% of the shots you don't take like but I, I don't know. I like that. It's one. very Canadian uh, of you too. To yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell people to watch the Herb Brooks speech and miracle. That's okay. a pretty good one. That that yeah. gets gets me pretty fired up. Um, yeah. yeah, those are a couple. I yeah. guess. Did you ever see the kid, the little kid that like dressed up? It was a YouTube. And does the speech? That, that. Yeah, I, awesome. for, I like his. When that happened, his dad was a pharmaceutical sales rep with me. And so, like, I knew right. his dad, and the dad was a big hockey guy. So, um, all right. Is there anything, if, if you were, if there's a, is there a question you were hoping I was going to ask you um, that you would have asked yourself if I didn't, um, you know, if you were in my shoes, or did I pretty much cover everything that? No, I thought this was, uh, this was a great interview. I had a lot of fun talking with you, and, yeah, it was just a nice, smooth conversation, just how I like it. Cool. All right. So Matt, where can our listeners connect with you online? Um, yeah. So I go pretty low key. Um, I'm not like, I don't have a bunch of social media, so I do have like a Facebook account and, and that has like my business page on Facebook. So it's my business page is uh, Matt Lachine athletic consulting. And then I just, uh, I go emails. So, you know, if you really want to get a hold of me, you send me an email and I get that notification on the phone and like, I'm pretty good for, for getting back to people right away. So 
Well, when, My, you, when you establish your reputation you have with hockey players, then you can go locate. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Which I, is a lot of hard work on your part to get to that point, but. Thank um, you. I appreciate it. I was just going to say that's 10 years of uh, right. just kind of grinding <laughs> for that. But yeah. Awesome. Uh, cool. All right. So Matt, yeah, my, my, oh, no, we'll we'll my, link that uh, page in our, in the show notes. So yeah, perfect. And then, yeah, my email's just uh, m.lachine, my last name, 19 at gmail.com. But I'm sure you'll put that in there also. Cool. Will do. All right, Matt. Thanks very much for taking the time to talk with us and um it was hopefully very informative uh, for me as well as hopefully the listeners and um we will uh you know um finish up well, i have a, a couple other guests today that today is my podcast day so i'm That's gonna awesome. nail out a couple of them today in a row so but thanks for taking the time and um all right yeah i, I appreciate you here. Thanks for listening to the Norris Sports Performance Podcast. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe button, as well as checking out the show notes for more information on our guests. You can find us on Instagram at Norris Sports Performance. Until next time, I'm your host, Judah Boulay, reminding you to train smart and recover smarter.